Welcome to another episode of Encounter Grow Witness with the rock star host, Beth Spazarni. Beth, how are you doing? I'm doing well. And the inimitable Father Steve Polis here with us. Do you wow. hear that? I've been working all month on that adjective. That's the one I chose. Uh, yeah. Inimitable. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Thought um, about remarkable. I went with inimitable. <laughs> well, I'm glad that uh, I am not imitatable because not. God has made each of us unique <laughs> and different. And yes. God uses me to glorify him in one way. That's and right. And he uses you to glorify him in another way. That's and true. We have an awesome guest with us today. We'll introduce we in a moment do. and see how... God is using her to uh, to glorify him and bring many people to know him. Yeah. But before we do that, as we're in the month of November here, Beth, um, yes. I think uh, we were talking beforehand about Thanksgiving and mm-hmm. what a great mm-hmm. holiday mm-hmm. it is great and holiday. how much food is uh, kind of central to Thanksgiving. Yeah. Uh, and you had a great, uh, great question. Yeah, I'd like to know the worst Thanksgiving food. Your opinion on the worst, and I'm ready to disagree with you. <laughs> Very ready. The worst possible, or the worst uh, that like that is my mom your... made. Are you asking me to like okay. call out my in, mom's well, menu, or like custom food that's customary? Yeah, I mean, don't pull out you know something most people will never see. Yeah, but different families make different foods. Yeah, so I think I shared this um, on uh, another podcast I used to help with uh, when we had a similar question. Um, but uh, one of the, the great things, my sister started making this um, sweet potato casserole with, that mm. we never had growing up, but it's literally like dessert in the middle of the meal. You know, it's yeah. got the brown sugar and I think like pecans on the top. Yeah. And I thought that was going to be awful because I yeah. didn't like sweet potatoes growing yeah. up. But that is a kind of surprise rock star for mm. us. I would have to say the least, um, and this might get me in trouble with my Irish ancestors, but mm-hmm. I'm not a huge mashed potatoes no, fan. No, no, I'm not really? a huge mashed, mashed potato. potatoes. So they're not awful. The they're not awful, oh, gosh. but they, they are so nice. low. They are low on the <sighs> Thanksgiving hierarchy. He doesn't like dogs. He doesn't like mashed potatoes, <laughs> folks. I don't know what to say. Okay, so, so mashed that, potatoes. So the that. roll is the mm, correct answer. Oh. The roll. Wow. There are families that still put out rolls, and we always have a customary box of or basket of rolls. And what you're supposed to do is smile and walk past it. That's what you're supposed to do. Beth, can the I change roll. my answer to no, agree you with can't. yours? No, you can't. It's too late. I, I wasn't mashed even potatoes have been deleted roll. from Thanksgiving tables all around the world. Oh uh, well, someone yeah. we don't want to delete, but we want to invite yeah. onto uh, our uh, our conversation into our conversation is yeah. Emily Mentak. Emily, how are you? I'm doing great. So happy to be here, guys. Hello, welcome. Thank you. Emily, you do here? you have an opinion on uh, the Thanksgiving foods that are or the one food that would be lowest on the Thanksgiving food list? I would say the food I am least likely to put on my plate on Thanksgiving <laughs> is turkey. <laughs> Actually, what? I go for the rolls. It's one of the few things. I don't eat meat. I haven't eaten meat now for, this will be my sixth Thanksgiving. Wow. No meat, no dairy. And so oh. I have to pass on wow. the turkey and go for the rolls. Wow. <laughs> um, the rolls. My family okay. would answer the worst Thanksgiving food is the vegan green bean casserole <laughs> I bring every year. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Do you bring like a single portion for you? I bring way too much. I'm like very ambitious because for me, like green, that's my main. I fill my plate and then there's always way too much. No, don't bring us this. All right. Nice. Well, we have uh, a roll lover. Yep. A roll lover. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Beth is cringing. That's true. (laughs) But it's good. I'm glad there's food for you to eat Mm -hmm. if you can't do the turkey. turkey. (laughs) Which is fine. I don't want people to fuss about it. So I just go for what I can. Have you had? 
had like a, a vegan or a vegetarian. Yeah, 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 that kind of. I've done thing. tofu, but I've never actually tried an official tofurkey before. Is it just tofu shaped like a turkey? It's like or tofu does it taste? shaped, yeah, like shaped and taste tasting like a turkey. But I don't go for the imitation meats. It kind of freaks me out. So. Okay. Yeah. okay, just more green. The impossible yeah. turkey. Green. I haven't tried that. I haven't okay. tried that. But I've seen the impo- actually when I was at the Pistons game, I had an impossible burger. We were talking about basketball before yeah. this. So right. did the Pistons win when you went? They there? did not. No, uh, it was kind of rough, but it's okay. Yeah. Well. <laughs> um, I think it's going to be that kind of year for the Pistons, but uh, things are looking up. And mm. speaking of things that are looking up, we want to talk about something great that uh, that you're involved in and the reason mm. we're having you on. And, you know, Beth, we haven't had yeah. a guest on That's here true. before, but we were talking about, um, you know, in, in working with people who are uh, mission direct or lay ecclesial ministers in the church, mm-hmm. just the way... Um, discouragement can creep in and we can mm-hmm. kind of get into a spirit of competition and how helpful it is for us to just keep our eyes, first of all, on Jesus, yeah. but also keep our eyes on like all the good things that are happening in the church yeah. right now. And celebrate each other, right? I mean, we can celebrate our coworkers in the vineyard. We've got to celebrate each other and the work that God is doing in our midst. It's exciting. Yeah. yeah. So, so Emily, before we get into the cool, exciting thing we're going to talk to you about, just want to um, you also host a podcast for the Archdiocese yeah. of Detroit. Open door policy, so to successor to Father Steve, <laughs> so that, which I host with Father Patrick Gagno. Yeah. Um, so I've had a great blessing of meeting many joyful missionary disciples who've come on that podcast to share their story. Yeah. That's great. Well, I'm, I'm glad you're doing that, and you've been working here in the Archdiocese for a couple of years. I remember meeting you kind of digitally just before the pandemic, if, yeah. that, if that's right. Yeah, it'll be two years the last week of January. Okay, mm. so that's awesome. Yeah. Um, but we want to talk to you about um, this uh, initiative you're part of. But before we do that, we're, mm-hmm. I, I'm filled with preliminaries here, so my apologies. Before we dive into talking about Real Plus True, um, we just want to kind of pick your brain about your own discipleship and your own following the Lord. And we've talked a lot about mm-hmm. the necessity for prayer, what it means to follow the Lord. Um, you know, Beth and I have talked about what our prayer life yeah. looks like. And we thought that'd be a great question just to start off by asking you, like, how do you pray? Yeah, definitely. So I, my prayer is, it's kind of structured. I'm working on the more spontaneous prayer. Actually, and this morning in Pope Francis's audience, he was talking about an authentic come Holy Spirit. Like, and how do you really mean, like, what does it mean to really invite the Holy Spirit to come into your moment? Um, so I've wor- been working on that. But my um, prayer life, I would say, is pretty structured. I love Mass. Mm. I love like going to adoration to daily mass. Mm. And I'm just one of those people who needs that sort of like ritual of my Catholic yeah. faith mm. to keep me close to God. I can, I, I, as a extreme extrovert struggle more with the silent side of things, <laughs> but doing things as a group together mm. um, has been really life giving to me. And I luckily live, I mean, a 30 second walk away from our parish. I live downtown. We go to St. Aloysius. So that's nice. very convenient. They've got a daily mass and then, or even structured, you know, working for the archdiocese. I work in the communications office and, um, you know, one of our values for the archdiocese is um, prayer that we pray mm-hmm. before every meeting. So I start mm-hmm. and I, in my job, I have a lot of meetings. So yeah. I am praying every 30, 30 to <laughs> minutes to an hour um, to nice. begin every meeting with a prayer. And um, sometimes I guess you can fall into a routine of that as well. But I try to approach it as authentically as possible and kind of work mm-hmm. and pray together through that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, that's, that's beautiful. Thanks. 
Um, and, you know, just so our listeners know, that is a mm-hmm. value of the Archdiocese. Beth and I always start before we record yeah. um, because I feel like it would be weird as the intro to our, <laughs> like, <laughs> like the recorded part of our, of our podcast. Um, but we do pray uh, yeah, before we get started. And Ron, our faithful producer here, yeah. uh, if, if we are kind of, kind of gearing up and planning and ready to go, Ron will say, hey, hey, let's pray before yep, we get started. Get so mm-hmm. always grateful to have uh, Ron reminding us about yeah. that value as well. Yeah, I think it's super important, especially, I mean, in our service to the church to like, even if it's kind of a routine to, to just have to begin that way, um, but to know that you're inviting, making that intention to invite the Holy Spirit into your work, whatever mm-hmm. we're doing, whether it's a meeting about yeah. deadlines or you're actually brainstorming what to do for Advent or Lent, that yeah. I just think it's been a really important part of staying focused on mission. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Right. Otherwise, we're, we're too busy. We're too busy. We're too busy. Sorry, Lord. We're just too busy. We have too much work to do for you. We don't have time to talk to you. Sorry, Jesus. Yeah. What are we <laughs> doing the if we're doing that, right? right? Close up shop. Go home. Yeah. Go sell not, carburetors. There's not going to be any fruit. <laughs> are so, carburetors a thing? Any, I don't, I don't know. Is anyone I don't know them? what it is. <laughs> <laughs> It's a car part. I don't know what it does. <laughs> uh. Yeah, prayer. Yeah, well, the other piece we've kind of been talking about and reflecting about for, you know, being healthy and working in ministry is kind of how we collaborate with others. So we'd love to know. Obviously, you collaborate with a lot of people in your role within um, the AOD communications. But, you know, what does collaboration look like in your life? Uh, definitely listening. <laughs> um, that's just yeah. been such a huge part of it. Um, so in my role, I collaborate with our entire communications department. And in my particular role, also with all of our, you know, quote unquote clients who are mm-hmm. the other offices and ministries in the diocese, sometimes parishes when they have particular needs that we can help with. And what I've found is that even if we, you know, our job is to bring certain best practices, you know, my skill set and bring yeah. that to the table to yeah. serve these offices and ministries in the area of communications and marketing, listening to their goals and to their needs and not just, you know, kind of rubber stamping, this is the plan, this is what we know how to do, but trying to adapt that to their particular sort yeah. of goals for their ministry or to the program that they want to run, whatever it is, to their podcast goals. Like you guys, <laughs> your father seems like, yeah. hey, I want to have, I have an idea for a podcast. And it's like, right. okay, how do yeah. I really listen to that? And so that's what I found, um, sort of balancing that line between an expert and being and having expertise in what I do, but needing to adapt it to others, like always starts with listening for our department mm. to be successful. Mm. How do you, so, so you bring in expertise, mm-hmm. um, how do you help people when the idea they share with you is, um, Maybe not the best idea or... Maybe it was a good idea fairy. Yeah. (laughs) The Archbishop talks about that, right? Like, hey, I had this good idea and Mm -hmm. then run with it. Or even, you know, I think all of us are, we're trying, you know, a spirit of innovation is one of the good habits called for. Sometimes we don't get it right. And I think you have a a responsibility Mm -hmm. work before we get into the innovative thing you're doing. Mm -hmm. But just to help kind of coach people in saying like, hey, that doesn't really... Uh, align with either the mission of Unleash the Gospel or we don't see that aligning with Mm -hmm. um, the needs we have right now, right? So maybe it's an idea that would have worked 20 years ago or 
would right. work in a different setting. Mm-hmm. How, how do you work on kind of collaborating with people when um, you, you do mm-hmm. have to say like, ah, mm, I, don't know, I don't know if we can go down that road? <laughs> yeah. So this is what I do when people come to me in meetings like that. I learned this framework a couple years ago, actually at a, at a conference, a secular work conference, but it's, I found it to be really helpful to apply to our work here, which is if someone's coming with an idea and maybe their idea is for how they'd like something to be executed mm. and then just kind of pause that conversation and bring it back up to mission first. Okay. Mm-hmm. What it, let's just like start, get the conversation back up to the mission level. And then I ask them with that mission in mind, what is your goal? So not what do you want to actually have us do? What do you want us to design mm. or what video do you want us to make? But what is your goal? Who is your audience? What are you trying to accomplish? What is your message to them? And from that, once they know that once they're able to express that, mm-hmm. and then I'm able to repeat it to them. So we're on the same page about what we're trying to accomplish, then I can propose, you know, maybe the correct tactics for accomplishing that goal. You know, maybe it's not um, a, a print resource if we need to distribute it to 30,000 people. Maybe it's not um, a podcast if we're only trying to reach 20 people, right. you know, so finding the right tactics to serve that, but always bring it first to mission, then to their goal. And then my job in an area of expertise is to bring the right sort of tactics and strategy to accomplish that goal. Nice. Was that, was that too tactical for nice. you guys? Sorry. No, no, no. I mean, that's really good. That helps us think about, you know, all of the the leadership and the customer service, you know, aspects that so many people have to integrate into their work mm-hmm. and say, let's put those at the service of the gospel because nothing's more important than making Jesus known and loved. And um, that's just, you know, we should be our best at that, right? Right. <laughs> um, use all of the kind of the wisdom of the world and have that at the service of the gospel as well. Mm-hmm. I think it's also neat that, I mean, it's the communications department and you're saying the core way you collaborate is by listening, right? right? <laughs> I think most <laughs> people would to, say yeah. best way we collaborate is by communicating, yeah. <laughs> right? And getting it out there, but that it starts with listening and receptivity and then also inviting people to consider the broader mission. That sounds great. Yeah. Yeah. Cool beans. Thanks for doing that. Thanks, guys. So real plus true. Real plus true. Um, this is a really cool initiative and uh, I've heard about it, you know, talked with you and uh, other people who are working on it um, a number of months ago, but you launched um, not that long ago. September 7th was our launch day. So just uh, kind of the beginning of the school year. Mm -hmm. Um, So tell us a little bit about what Real Plus True is. Yeah, so Real Plus True, I mean, I guess the straightforward answer is that it's a project sort of inspired by and around the Catechism of the Catholic Church, um, with the goal to bring, you know, the beauty and truth that's contained in that text, you know, sort of our deposit of faith, and bring it um, into uh, the modern world using um, the mediums that we know are most likely to reach our target audience of millennial and Gen Z, so young Mm -hmm. people. So we know they're consuming more video than ever in digital spaces, and Mm -hmm. uh, we believe that the catechism, which most people have experienced as a sort of a textbook mm-hmm. or as, just as a book in general, which maybe if you're not engaged with your faith, you're not inclined to pick up and start reading page one. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but really what's contained in there, we really wanted to bring mm-hmm. that to the modern world. And so we were inspired with this idea of uh, creating videos, really beautiful, captivating, like watchable, shareable um, videos for a younger mm-hmm. audience um, and sort of unlocking the catechism through that medium. So awesome. Does that answer? So awesome. It's a Just video delightful. project. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To bring the catechism to life yes. for mm-hmm. people. Um, and it, this is all around the 20th anniversary 
of the catechism. Almost. It's coming. Next year's the 30th anniversary. So, so let's redo so that close. take so I don't look like a total <laughs> idiot doing the math in my head. <laughs> Thank you. It's yep. like 92. It's next year's the 30th. <laughs> 30. Yep. So this is all around the 30th anniversary of the catechism coming up soon, right? That's right. Yeah. So tw- October 2022 is the 30th anniversary, um, which is 60 years after um, Vatican II. So mm-hmm. the, the this catechism for the universal church that we have now was published 30 years after it was um, sort of commissioned at Vatican II, and this is the 30th anniversary of that. So it's actually, like, for something that's perceived as, like, containing all of, well, that is containing all of sort of mm-hmm. our, the deposit of faith yeah. and church teaching, mm-hmm. it's not old, the book, no, in church it's years. Not. <laughs> no, it's yeah, not. so, like, every 30 years, something big happens, right? The that's what we're Vatican hoping. The Vatican Council, <laughs> yeah. and then the catechism. And then real plus true. And then real plus <laughs> no, Well, we, you know, one of the lines from the prologue of the catechism that was really inspiring to us is that um, I can, I'm so immersed in this project now, I can even tell you that it's paragraph eight, okay? Yeah, nice. uh, that uh, intense period or uh, renewal, periods of renewal in the church are intense moments of catechesis as well. And I think mm-hmm. that there's not a Catholic out there who would say that we are we are not in need of a in period of renewal in the church right now. Yeah. And so, you know, what does that look like? And that looks like bringing catechesis as part of that. Um, another thing that made us really inspired for the timing of this project was um, there seemed to be such a focus this year 2021 on the bible the word of god with Mm -hmm. the institution of word of god sunday we saw bible like bible reading challenges all across the actual world with bible in a year with father mike schmitz and such and so you know what what follows that if you read the bible and the catechism's like second only to the bible Mm -hmm. in our faith and so if everyone's reading the bible now it is our it is our hope that then the next thing they would want to pick up is the catechism and so Mm -hmm. we're trying to align with the timing of that um and then the final piece that made just the timing seem very providential was with the new directory and Pope Francis instituting the Ministry of Catechists, which is super relevant mm-hmm. to you guys. Yeah. Um, it just mm-hmm. seems like there's a there's a movement around that right now that helped us feel very convicted and the way we were feeling called to work on this project. How did you come up with the name Real Plus True? So we knew we didn't we didn't want to call it something like the Catechism Project. So yeah. our target yeah. audience for this is for people who, you know, I get quite honestly would probably be turned off by a resource that's titled by that. We wanted it to meet people where they are without the name being, um, I guess, in marketing world, we would call friction to them actually <laughs> clicking the link or giving us yeah. a follow on Instagram. So mm. um, but what, what real and true kind of refers to how we see God as presented in the Catechism in our face so that it's a real mm. God, right? It's not just this idea, this abstract concept of Mm -hmm. creator. It's God is real and the truth of our faith is contained there. And Mm -hmm. the truth that sort of um, we say like lights sort of the path of how to live out your faith as a Catholic. So the name came from wanting to avoid the word catechism, but then feeling really inspired (laughs) to point to something that's universally true and real Mm -hmm. and true God and Jesus. Yeah. That's great. And, and yeah. the videos are so cool. They are. I mean, They're really I mean, the, cool. The scripts are awesome. There's yeah. these kind of fun little introductions and and explanations. And it, it, it's got to be a, a really fun project to work on uh, with all the creativity that goes into helping people think about, um, you, you know, it, as you said, the catechism can feel or be interpreted as a textbook, but there's so much depth to it yeah. that needs to be pulled out. So it's right. got to be a lot of fun kind of getting to be creative and how to bring that to the world. 
It, it definitely is fun because, um, well, yeah, super great team of creatives and advisors. So full disclosure, Father Polis is also on the advisory <laughs> team for the project. So, um, so I get to see some of the scripts, scripts ahead of when time. When they're rough drafts. <laughs> which is awesome. It's just so nice. cool to see. Yeah. And, it you know, again, just going back to knowing that the catechism has that, like, that wisdom and that truth that the we want to people in our target audience to to discover. And so thinking creatively, it's not about translating the catechism into a digital resource. I mean, technically, the like book exists in full on the Vatican mm-hmm. website. Um, yeah. So it's not about just digitizing it. It's really about how do we sort of tr- like bring that living voice into a medium for the modern world that people can consume. And in within videos that can stand up against secular right. entertainment videos. So we have um, one that's sort of a um, like collage style, kind of like Vox Media, if you're familiar with them, yeah. that introduces the concept. We have a more sort of like universal illustrated animation style, really similar and inspired by the Bible Project, if you're mm-hmm. familiar with that mm-hmm. resource yeah. um, and how they sort of, and they use animated videos to break open the Bible. And then a live action, more YouTube style video to kind of connect it to real life. And um, so it has been really fun to think about, you know, each section of the catechism that we're moving through and breaking open in those three different ways. And and our goal is truly to be as relevant and as beautiful and captivating to mm-hmm. the lives of our target audience as any secular resource they might come across. Well, and you're doing a great job with it, oh, I think. Thanks, so, Father Polis. So that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I think it's really great. What what response have you seen so far? It's been a little, almost two, mo- two months. Yeah, a little, yeah, yeah, over two months. Um, it's been, you know, it's been positive for the yeah. most part. And we feel just super blessed by that. And um, in particular, you know, we've had seen positive response, yes, from our target audience of people who we want to sort of have their curiosity or their openness to their faith inspired by encountering mm-hmm. these videos, um, but also by the catechists, really, some really innovative catechists who work in parishes and ministry mm. across the country, across the world, who see the videos, understand what we're trying to do, and then get excited to bring that um, with their own kind of touch added to it to the people that they are sort of um, charged with forming. Mm-hmm. And that's been really inspiring to see because the videos, it's not like a, um, a program like Alpha or something where, yeah. you right. know, we're creating them and the way a parish could adopt it is to have a night and you just watch Right. them one at a time and here's right. your discussion guide and it's your and you know you just follow it step by step we've created them so that i mean yes they you could follow along and get something out of it watching mm-hmm. them through but really that um anyone who's trying to really be innovative in their ministry and look for modern resources video-based resources instead of a textbook mm-hmm. could take one of those and use it to start a discussion in their parish or their groups they're working with yeah yeah, yeah. that's awesome you know one of the things i um i i've just been impressed with this is the way it, you know, in talking about the response, the way it understands, uh, sometimes you don't know as you put stuff out there, the impact it's going to have, right? It mm-hmm. could impact people, mm-hmm. teachers, catechists, to inspire them to um, to teach in a way that's that's effective and that's kind of like a couple levels removed from mm-hmm. the actual person. Um, but the way it can just be um, a grace in someone's life that could be a step on the way to mm-hmm. their conversion. I, I think about that a lot, Beth. I think we've talked about it. Just how much it takes to help someone come into relationship with yeah. Christ. Right? Rarely is it like, here's a video or here's a homily <laughs> or here's a book, yeah. like, boom, done. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, that, that we need all of these steps. A lot of them are relational, but some of them kind of touch our heart or touch our mind mm-hmm. to help us on the journey. And I know in my own kind of growth and faith, how important those things were. And this is where I think Real Plus True is going to be really helpful that 
you know, uh, not to be too dramatic here, but you'll only know in heaven the impact right. it had, mm-hmm. right? The impact it has on someone that maybe it mm-hmm. opens up a door that then they can have a conversation with yep. uh, with a friend about the faith, or maybe it'll yeah. push them to church, and yeah. that'll be an opportunity yep. for them to encounter the Lord in the Eucharist. Yeah, true. I am so passionate about that, Father Steve. So um, I think you maybe know this, but my own journey back from, so I had basically completely stopped practicing my Catholic faith when I was in Mm -hmm. college and then in like my early adulthood years. And um, I had stepping stones in the form of digital content like Mm -hmm. out on social media. So I encountered a Bishop Barron tweet and then a homily and then one of the videos and then Mm -hmm. um, actually some content that one of my partners on Real and True, um, Edmund Mitchell, he was creating um, content around the catechism called Reverb Culture that was Mm -hmm. like kind of cool millennial focused that I found just like searching on the internet for answers about my faith before I had, I mean, I had, you know, my aunts and uncles, my family who were Catholic, but some of it really need to be, you know, my personal response Mm -hmm. to how God was working in my life at the time. Mm -hmm. And, um, Um, It was through things like listening to podcasts, reading what other people had written, even as blogs on the Internet, Mm -hmm. watching Bishop Barron YouTube videos that um, eventually, yes, there was like that final homily I listened to that made me think, okay, I'm going to go back to mass this weekend. Mm -hmm. How do I look up a mass time? But there were so many pieces before that that played like a stepping stone. And I think that's an important piece for people to understand about kind of two things that I think are really important for people to understand when we're creating sort of like digital evangelization content. Uh, number one, that it can be a stepping stone, um, that any one piece yeah. doesn't have to work, be presented that like, oh, this has to get people back to mass right. or not, but it, it can play a role. It has to answer every question. Every, every question, yeah, say like right. Jesus is yeah. the answer. And I mean, it, any piece, one piece could, and we should have a healthy awareness right. of that, but it doesn't need to do right. all of that. Um, and number two is that for a lot of people, and this is especially true for people my age and younger, that sometimes those digital spaces, they feel as much like real life mm-hmm. as real life you know Mm -hmm. we're true sort of like digital natives or like having Mm -hmm. this hybrid and so some of the like encounters you might have commenting on someone's instagram post or what someone's sharing about their faith experience in a blog Mm -hmm. because we've grown up like both with a feet in both worlds you know digital and real life that that feels not not the total replacement, but very authentically personal. Mm. And so I just think that if I found in my career, um, it's important to keep both those things in mind. Mm. Well, and it's so helpful for Mm -hmm. our, I I know for me in my ministry, Beth, I I, I think I can speak for you, but correct me if I can't, Mm -hmm. Um, for, uh, and all of our listeners to think about how we reach this generation of young people who are you know, uh, the highest generation, I think, in human history of not, no religious affiliation, mm-hmm. um, that, that there are different ways and different kind of experiences being a digital native where the, uh, the digital world is home court or mm-hmm. to continue the basketball reference yeah. we were talking about earlier, uh, but it's home yeah. court for a lot of our young people and finding a way to help them encounter Christ there um, and, you know, giving them digital stepping stones. Yeah. And if, if catechesis is a faithful echo, right, of the gospel, then you're creating a digital echo, right, in right. a way that people can recognize. I always think about how a lot of times in catechesis or formation, right, we kind of hand someone, um, I, I was abroad and someone handed me a mango and I didn't know what it was <laughs> in high school. And they handed me this and they're like, eat it. And I'm, and they were all laughing because I didn't want to eat it. And they thought it was so funny. I didn't know it was food. I, I literally oh didn't gosh. know what it was. I thought like, is this something you can't eat? It, I, I didn't know what it was. You know, it was a long time ago. And But I think a lot of times in catechesis, right, what we offer people, they don't know that it's food. They don't get the relevance to their life. They don't see 
the difference that it can make, right? So for you guys to be breaking open the catechism and like making it so relevant to people's lives, right? We want to know who we are and where we come from. We want to know um, if there's a map, if there's some way to to navigate through the world we live in, right? We've thrown away the maps, right? We've thrown away our stories. The so. map analogy is so spot on, Beth. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you even realized. Of course, I watched. Watch yeah, okay. no, I, <laughs> yeah. I understand. Yeah. There you go. Well, I was yeah. thinking of it like peeling a mango. <laughs> that could like be our next, our next video. Could Stay be tuned. A, yeah, yeah, mango analogy. Yeah. And I think you're right. You know, one, it's not enough to just put things out into the digital world. You know, parishes mm-hmm. aren't going to reach people, especially not young people, just just by making a, a Facebook event for, you know, your event that's going on. That's not going to reach people. We need to think about mm-hmm. evangelization and digital spaces um, the same way you would think about it going into real in real life. So I think Pope Benedict used the term digital continent mm-hmm. as like the next sort of space yeah. for the, the next frontier for evangelization. If you think about missionaries that were going to unexplored continents back in the day, like yeah. you have to think about how to encounter people there and their culture and their tendencies and how do we translate the truths of the gospel in a way that they're going to understand and the same is true for digital spaces it's not enough to just put it out there we need to think really carefully and prayerfully about how we're going to reach people who are living in that world Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, yeah, that's so apt. I mean, John Paul talks, John Paul II talks a lot about culture and um, evangelization of cultures. And it's always the two steps of honoring everything that's good in the culture, right? Realizing that Christ can be found. Christ can have a home in every culture. Yeah, that's um, right. So finding what's good in that and not just saying, oh, those kids on that internet over there. <laughs> those right? kids on TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> right. And yet um, it's also true that everyone won't be a good digital evangelist, right? In the yeah. same way. So like, I mean, I know it. it I, we have a lot of older parishioners, right, who really it's a stretch and it's a struggle just to incorporate video content. I had one catechist tell me that he thought video content couldn't be effective at all. And I was oh. thinking, oh, dear. Yeah, <laughs> I think you're really wrong about that. But that was his perspective, right, from where he was. So, like, we're not all going to reach everyone. But how great that you guys are creating a tool that can go where a lot of people aren't natives right right? they're not digital natives and there are people in our yeah just there are people who will struggle with being generous and learning these different means of communication so the fact that you guys are going where the people are and speaking to to people in a way that they can hear is fantastic yeah and i think for like the resources like this so it's also super it's free the the videos Mm -hmm. are completely free it's not a program that you buy into it's also in four languages english spanish french and portuguese and that was really important for the launch of the project and Mm -hmm. part of that is i think because you know parishes don't I think it's probably challenging for most parishes to go out and create video content for, for sure. their audience. I mean, you, sure, you could do it with a phone, but it takes effort. It takes someone who cares about wanting to do it that way. Mm-hmm. And, and the, skill, the a skills. lot of skill to yeah. do it well. Yeah. In the same way that you don't expect, you know, your religious education teachers to r- r- write from scratch the second grade religion textbooks for right. like first communion prep. Like, OK, we're not expecting everyone to go make beautiful animated videos for right. s- in, from scratch for our parishes. But hopefully yeah. this is a resource that people who are looking for for those um, ones that will speak, especially to a younger audience, can go out and use. Right. So yeah. if people want to find out more, uh, mm-hmm. the, this is the obligatory plug there and information, <laughs> but if people want to find out more about Real Plus True, how do they do that, Emily? Uh, realtrue.org um, is where you can find it. And definitely sign up for a newsletter, especially if you're a catechist listening for this. We'll also be publishing um, sort of discussion guides. So that was a requested nice. resource. We don't we didn't want to launch as a, as a strict program, but people have said, hey, I want to use these in my parish. Mm-hmm. Do you have discussion guides? So those will be coming later this month. Every time we have new videos come out, um, those will go through the newsletter. So Real True 
org. Sign up for the newsletter. Um, also, every social media platform. <laughs> yeah. uh, you can find us at Real Plus True, uh, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, uh, Twitter, what are they? LinkedIn, yeah. all of them. Nice. So, yeah, really trying to reach everyone out there in that digital continent. Awesome. So yeah. great. Yeah. Go yeah, ahead, clo- closing, do you have what word of hope would you offer for people who are out in ministry, like doing their thing? I am really, well, word of hope, there's definitely a lot of people working in ministry who are inspire me with their commitment. So, you know, communications is an interesting area of kind of both mission direct and mission support. Um, I mean, here we do mm-hmm. in the archdiocese, we qualify it as mission direct, but there's mm-hmm. a lot of work we do that also support the the ministry professionals to help get the word out, help, um, help them reach more people, help mm-hmm. them move people through yeah. sort of like that path. And so what's been inspiring to me, both in my work in the archdiocese and through Real and True, Real Plus True, is um, the people who are looking at that, seeing it as innovation and wanting to innovate even more with it. Mm-hmm. So it's the there's plenty of people who are kind of just, you know, I'm sure you guys, you've talked, I've listened to you talk about it in the podcast. We can just go through the motions, mm-hmm. go through our liturgical yeah. calendar, check off our boxes. Mm-hmm. But there are so many people out there who really are trying to innovate in the way they do evangelizing, evangelization-focused catechesis. Mm-hmm. And um, this project has been a great blessing to um, kind of highlight the ones who've reached back out to us and uh, gives me a lot gives me a lot of hope for the church yeah mm. that's awesome and my job as we wrap up is to thank you yeah. to oh. thank you for um, using your gifts and talents to build mm-hmm. up the church and and this resource that I am very confident is going to help people um, to find uh, the inimitable joy mm. that comes from <laughs> giving one's life to Christ absolutely so. thank you for oh. creating this Thank you, guys. Thank you, Father Steve and Beth. And so grateful to be here to share a little bit more about this project with all of your listeners. Well, I'm really glad Emily took some time to be with us, Beth. I mean, it it was great to hear. I've got to hear about Real Plus True, but um, for our listeners to know about it, to hear about um, the great work I think they're doing Mm -hmm. and um, that it's at the beginning of this long project. I mean, this project is going to go on you know, we're just a couple of months in, but it's going to go on well beyond a year with mm-hmm. videos kind of with each segment of uh, um, of the catechism, talking about those four, four pillars of the catechism um, with what we believe and um, liturgy and sacraments yeah. and prayer and how we live, the, uh, how we live mm-hmm. our faith, right? Mor- yeah. our moral life um, that I uh, I'm just really excited for this project. I know next yeah. time we're going to talk more about innovation and how we can just kind of think through that. But it's good to have a concrete example of someone who mm-hmm. isn't uh, just thinking about innovation, but really trying to put it into practice. Yeah. Uh, I mean, how, how did you feel about uh, Real Plus True? And yeah, I that? think it's a really exciting project. I mean, when I saw it, I'm just a. I, the catechism has so much beauty and truth in it. There are so many different. There's just so much good in the catechism, and I agree. I think in general people are reticent to pick it up, reticent to look at it. And I think not only like those of us in church work or like who are active in the church, but those who are not, right? Those who are disengaged, especially young people, as she mentioned, right? Yeah. Gosh, to get that that truth and that beauty out there in a way that people can hear, in a way that's accessible to them, I think it's really exciting. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, so uh, much thanks to Emily and... Uh, hopefully it's an inspiration or an encouragement to all of our listeners that, you know, God wants to use each of us to do something. Maybe it's to continue building on what uh, the ministry we've inherited in parishes or wherever we are. 
but maybe it's about uh, building something new. And uh, we'll talk mm-hmm. next time about how we can do that, how we can be men and women who embody the spirit of innovation. So uh, yeah, th- it's been great. Thanks, Beth. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. So this has been the Encounter Grow Witness podcast. This is a podcast by and for those who work in ministry, supporting each other to grow in our relationship with Christ and the church to enable us to be better witnesses of his love in the world. So let's, um, let's keep going. Let's be better fishers of men together. Don't forget to like and subscribe to this monthly podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts.